0: The gig I mean, Arsenal already looked like they had three extra players. If they don't do anything really stupid or get a lot of injuries, I think they should be winning the league, realistically. And subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with Exfoliating Bar. For more on England's fairly remarkable draw with Germany at last night I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line by football writer Jonathan Wilson Jonathan good morning to you how are you? I'm very well thanks how are you? Um, I'm very interested in in your takeaways from the game last night Um, we've been having a debate here over the last few months about how well prepared this England team are and you would say 85% of the team is really good and excellent their midfield and forwards you know whatever the combination is going to be should be devastating and interesting but their defence is a little bit creaky and it appeared as if last night the defence was a little bit creaky again and John Stones got injured. So um, how good a defence do
1: England have at the moment? Oh, it's a huge problem. I mean, I think this was two obvious problems last night. So one was the goalkeeper, Nick Pope. Uh, I think we probably knew Jordan Pickford was first choice, but I, we definitely know that now, assuming he, he has recovered from his injury in time. Uh, and I think it wasn't just the, the mistake for the for the third Germany goal. It he, he he looked uncomfortable when the ball was played back to him, which you know, that's a huge strength of Pickford's game. So you know, I think now Pickford is cemented absolutely, categorically as number one, assuming he's fit. And then the other issue is is the Harry Maguire problem. I think they really don't have many options on the left side of that back three. I, I sort of understand Southgate's desire to be loyal. I think Maguire, apart from the one game against Denmark when he when he was sent off uh, shortly after all the. Stuff that went on in Greece and his arrest and everything. Um, I think he's been pretty consistently good for England. Uh, I think he scored—is it eight goals he scored um, for England? So you know, he's a, he's a big threat from from set plays, which are a large part of of, of of Southgate's game plan. But the first two goals were were mistakes by him last night. The, the first one, particularly, the second one as well, stemmed from him losing possession and looking. It, it wasn't just that he lost possession. It was that he did this really awkward half-turn back. And the problem is you can't see where he's going to play himself into form in, in the next six weeks because he's probably not going to play for Manchester United. So that's a huge issue because there's, there's absolutely no experience to play in that left-sided role in, in the back three. I guess the two options are Tomori, who wasn't even included in the Manchester United squad for last night, and Mark Gay, who but neither of them have been used in these two games. So... It looks like Maguire robust, but yeah, that, that that is a big concern.
0: There's also no prospect of him changing style and maybe only having two centre backs, is there?
1: Oh, I, I think I think that's pretty set, and I, I think it's exactly the same as we did at the Euros, which is if if England expect to dominate possession, so that opening game, uh, you know, the second day of the World Cup when they play Iran, yeah, having seen how Iran have played in qualifying, having seen how Carlos Carvalho's teams normally play. I'd be amazed if England didn't have 65% possession minimum in that game. I'm pretty sure they'll play a 4-3-3 in that game. But as at the Euros, when they come up against teams where it's more of a battle in midfield, uh, so the Euros, the games against Germany and Italy, and then these Nations League games, the the two games we just had against Italy and Germany, it'll be a back three. I think that makes complete sense. that, that if you're if you're not confident in dominating the ball, we'll put in another centre back and make sure you've got the holding player protecting them.
0: Is there no world in which actually they could try and be the aggressor in that situation and have an extra body in in midfield and put the midfielder in instead of the defender in?
1: I just don't think they've they've done that. I don't think it. I don't think Southgate's comfortable about that. I mean, he said before the Italy game last week that in the summer, in those games in June, which which were disastrous, really, you know, the, the two defeats to, to Hungary, uh, when they did play with a back four, he said that he he compromised on his principles and he wouldn't do that again. And I think every time Southgate has tried to open up. So it actually happened in uh, the qualifiers against Hungary as well, um, which is probably the worst performance until these last six games. Um, worst performance under Southgate was when he tried to play a 4-3-3 with, with two... Um, mobile players uh, on either side of a three in midfield Uh, and I I think he just feels and I actually I agree with him the international level um, and level maybe is the wrong word there in the international sphere uh, when you don't have time with the players as you'd have a club level to to drill incredibly sophisticated pressing uh, structures and and to drill incredibly complex attacking moves when it comes back to much more basic game I, I think if you open up, then, then then you 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 leave yourself open to the possibility of making a mistake or to, to one bit of brilliance from, from your position opening you up. And every time Celtic has tried to do that and he's sort of given in to this clamour of, oh, we've got this great generation of young attacking players, give them the head. Every time he's done that, it's gone really badly wrong. And I think he feels that it was his... Um, yeah, him bending to to that sort of clamour in in the press and the fan base that that led to the disaster of the summer, uh, and I, I'd be amazed
2: if he did that in in Qatar, particularly now with no preparation time at all. Like when you say, Jonathan, that that you know Southgate mightn't like to change, you know, his style and his formation the way he plays football with England. Like the the five at the back, and a lot a lot of people have kind of said it in recent weeks, is that it doesn't seem to work against the better teams, maybe as well as he'd like it to. Uh, like is he is he someone who's against change and changing formation? Is he is he not open to the possibility of you know admitting okay that was wrong? Maybe we can do something else.
1: Well, I think he has changed. I mean, if you if you look through the the um, the six years he's been in charge, he's played with the back three times, played with the back four a times, and he's now come up with this. This idea over the last sort of eighteen months or so that a back three against better teams, a back four when, when England expect to dominate the ball, and I, I, I think broadly speaking that that has has worked. I mean, there's individual things you can criticise Southgate for. I think particularly uh, the, the Croatia semi-final, it was obvious England getting stretched in midfield, and he was very slow to react to that. I think you can say in the final of the against Italy, he was he was slow to respond when the game began to tip against England. But the, the broader strategic things I think he's generally got right. And I yeah, I, I I know there's this sort of idea that oh this is a this is a great group of players that you know we can't waste them. They're not that great a group of players, they're a good group of players, but yeah, that front three, for instance, is it is it any better than, than Brazil's or, or Argentina's or, or Germany's or France's? I, no, it's 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 probably not quite as good as, as them. Um so to get to a semi final and get to a final we we sort of I don't know we seem to have stopped giving him credit for that, even though he's he's achieved in, in you know, in six years what England has achieved in in the previous sixty six. You know, England only ever won fourteen knockout games at major tournaments and Southgate's won five of them. So I I, I think yeah he's not perfect. There's things you can question, but broadly speaking, his his long-term strategic planning has has worked. What do you do about
0: Maguire? Like, do you try and find some other left-sided? Like, is there is there a world in which one of the left-backs actually takes that role? How, how do you fix that? Because it, it does seem as if at this particular moment and for this season, maybe, Harry Maguire is not going to be the player that he once was.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that he didn't give either Tomori or Gay a, a go there last night. I mean, we're already relegated from Nations League. Yeah, if, it, if it, you know, the result didn't matter. What, what mattered was, was, wasn't even the performance. It was... Working out the answers to a couple of specific questions leading to the World Cup, and yeah, nine of the starters were, were the same he played against Italy. So I think we can say safely this is his basic setup for games against better teams at the World Cup. So the fact that he wasn't even considering alternatives puzzles me slightly. Um, I guess he's hoping that, that that Maguire plays a bit more. Um, he'll have some uh, Europa League games, I guess. Um, and, and that he will play himself into a bit of fun. Because the other problem is, it's not even like a normal World Cup where, you know, you'd have, uh, I, th- I think the last World Cup, there were 16 days between the Champions League final and the start of the World Cup. Previous tournaments has been 19, 20, 23 days. And, and also, you know, you've had uh, all but two teams have finished their season. Long before the Champions League final, it, it's seven days this time, so there's no time then to to, to, to try and put it right. But with you know with training games, so I think that is the the real, the real obvious concern. He appears to be to be going to be loyal, but I mean, I guess that might change over the next month depending how much he plays and depending how he plays if he
2: does play. I don't want to I don't want to double down on on Harry Maguire, Jonathan, but I mean, like you say there like you know he might get some game time in the Europa League. I, I almost feel it's at the stage now where, where he shouldn't be getting game time in the Europa League even for United and like, I think Ten Hag potentially would be crazy to put him into a team in the way he's playing and, and look maybe he's just going through a phase at the moment where he's in a really bad place with his football he, he can't get anything right like how, how does this end for, for Harry Maguire in terms of the World Cup squad like, there, there's no way he's going to be left out you'd imagine uh, a lot of people point to his experience within the squad and how good he is in the dressing room but surely that can only get, only get you so far yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll clearly be
1: in the squad. It's whether he's in the 11. And of course, the other problem with Manchester United is that, that they, they play a back four. Um, and that's not going to change. And I think where Maguire's been at his, be- at his best has been on the left of a back three, where he's got a dominant centre back playing inside him, directing him. So I, I was sort of hoping these last two games with Eric Dyer, and, and you know, Eric Dyer uh, talks constantly, that that, that would, would be enough to sort of at least get him to a base level of of competence. But yeah, it really hasn't. And, and I mean, he, he goes either gay or tomorrow he goes. Uh, I mean, the other problem is the player who has played in that role um, is Tyrone Minks, but he's desperately out of form at the minute. Maybe some suggestions he's slightly coming back the last two or three games for Villa, um, but he, you know, he's not a player who you can say is absolutely hammering down the door saying, "Yeah, you know, pick me again, I'm back." So, so yeah, that I think, I think. That issue is, is the biggest issue. I think there's also two issues with the forward line, which I know this England scored three times last night, but it was after substitutions were made. And Raheem Sterling last night had another one of those games where movement looks great. Every time you can do something without thinking about it, it looks great. As soon as there's time to think, everything gets slowed down. I think that was the big difference between the final 20 minutes last night and, well, the first 70, and, and even more so the Italy game. Uh, and it, it, it's not... It's not an entirely fair comparison. because Germany push higher, so there's more space for them to to attack into. And I think that's going to be the maybe the issue that stops Germany going as far as they they could do at the World Cup. That obsession with playing the high line. But they they look much better when when Saka had come on uh, and his direct running. And I th- you know England have to play a runner alongside Harry Kane because they need somebody who goes beyond him. And you'd sort of looked at the squad before that and thought, well, Sterling's the only one who can do that. Maybe Marcus Rashford, but his form and, and injury situation obviously isn't great Um so the front three if it is Kane a runner and a schema, well it's Foden on Mount and and fine Foden was okay they looked better when Mount came on but you know that, that's a 50-50 call although Mount hasn't played particularly well so far this season and then the runner and it's always been Sterling and Sterling is probably his best player certainly best attacking player at the Euros but they looked a lot better with Saka last night and, and, and that may be Uh, something to to look at before that first game against Iran. At
0: least there's a a significant difference in in terms of um,
1: you're, you're going to be able to bring those players on and you've
0: loads of subs now so you can start with Foden and bring Mount on, you can start with Mount and bring Foden on and you would expect whoever isn't starting to be able to watch what's gone on for the first 70 minutes and influence the game like they did last night. With the defensive issue, just to to lay with the point, like on the right side, they're happy to play a full-back converted into the third of those three defenders. Is there no world in which one of the left-backs could actually play as the left-sided centre-back?
1: Well, yes, they could. Uh, I don't think they'd want to do that with Carl Walker playing on the right as well. I think to play two full-backs in those positions leaves you a bit shorter height. So, yeah, if if Stones is fit and playing well, that is an option. But left-back's actually a bit of a problem. Uh, I mean, Luke Shaw, I didn't think he'd make the squad, to be honest. No, he played last night, and he played really, really well. So, uh, his lack of game time at Manchester United doesn't seem to be an issue. And he he probably now, given Chilwell's not playing often, will be the first-choice left-back. I mean least James certainly can play on the right of of, of the back three because um you know, he does have that that height that, that and that, that he is a bit more physically imposing than Walker. Uh he yeah, you know, he can play on the left. Could he play on the left of the three maybe, but I'd like to have seen that, that, that tried out first.
0: Before you go to the and, World Cup and do it, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean they imagine doing that. If you had Walker and James as the two flanking um uh centre backs. It's pretty fast. It's really, really quick, so you can maybe risk playing a bit high, and then you get Kieran Trippier on the side, and Kieran Trippier was the best take of a dead ball, and the dead balls, I mean, particularly in Italy, were terrible, and and set plays are a big part of, of Southgate's attacking plans. So, yeah, maybe that is an option, and and Southgate seems quite quite open to the idea of playing right footers on the left. I mean, he's done it with Trippier playing at left wing back, um, so yeah, that, that that is a possibility, but. It's it's significantly less ideal than Maguire uniform in the form and playing well. Yeah,
0: and it's it's very late in the day to be trying that stuff. I, I want to bring in one comment from one of our our uh, regular listeners. Should England not be dominating possession against most teams with the players they have—Foden, Bellingham, Kane, Grealish, Rice, Sterling, etc.? They're hardly plucky underdogs. Why do they accept that they won't have the majority of the ball even against the very good teams who are used to keeping the ball?
1: I don't. I don't think it's necessarily accepting that they they won't have a majority of the ball, I think it's saying that in certain games it's more of a challenge. So, yeah, Germany, Italy, it, yeah, they are very, very good sides. See, to go into games with Germany and say, oh, well, we're going to dominate possession here, I mean, that, that even by England standards that would be monstrously arrogant. So, I, I think it's just looking at the nature of the opposition. And I think in international football that's a pretty sensible thing to do because... Um, Sorry, yeah. Just
0: to, to can I, Is there a point where they think they might break even without being arrogant about it? Is there an aspiration to break even or is there like actually what we'll do is our style of play is going to be to go back to our debate about counterattacking essentially counterattacking you're going to have the ball we're going to try and no, hit no, you no, that's,
1: that's that's not That's not what I'm saying I'm saying where they think it's going to be contested So I'd say anything where possession is going to be between 45 and 55% or 40 and 55% they play the back three um, I did, I just think there's a huge difference and it, it's, um, it's something that South gets really sort of teased out. And I think he's right to do it that. So I don't know, three quarters, 80% of international games for, for England, you're playing inside to so pack eight, nine men behind the ball. You're playing in there half the whole time and you've got to pick your way through them. And that's a totally different style of football to, you know, a more even contest against the Germany or the Italy. So. Yeah, it's 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 not necessarily saying right. We'll 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 sit back. We'll ha- we'll be happy with 30 percent of the ball, and we'll hit them on the break. It's saying, yeah, you know, and yeah. I think they want to play like that. I don't don't have a problem with that. They've got a lot of pace in forward areas. Kane is really good at dropping deep, playing on the turn, hitting those passes to you know at, at uh, club level. To, to, to some, particularly breaking beyond him. If England could work out a way of doing that at a national level, brilliant. I, I don't think there's any sort of humiliation in doing that. But I, 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 that's not necessarily what I'm saying. I'm saying that games where they think that this is going to be a battle, we, we've, we've, we've got, we've got a scrap for possession in midfield. I think that's when they, they bring in the extra centre back. And, and that seems to me a, you know, a policy that's, that's, you know, got gotten to a World Cup semi final and a, the final of the year. got gotten to within a penalty of winning the Euros Yeah, so, fair enough.
2: Like Jonathan, with the squad be named down in a few weeks? Obviously, this conversation is going, going to heat up. But like reading a few of the opinion pieces in the papers this morning, and Trent Alexander Arnold was a name that, that came up quite often. Um, a few mentioned the fact that Southgate was one of those UEFA technical observers that last May picked Trent on the, the Champions League team of the season. Uh, and and like Gareth has always been someone who's been praised for honing people's skills and, and looking after players in that sense. But are you surprised that? that you know, Trent not making this this squad for for last night's game is is his, are his chances of making the World Cup squad now completely over? Do you think?
1: Well, I don't think they're over, but they're, they're they're pretty slim, and I think I think understandably so that the and it, we've seen it this season, and we saw it in the COVID season with Liverpool. That Trent Alexander Arnold is a brilliant right back in a team that's pressing very very well, and that allows him to push forward because when. When opposition midfielders or defenders win the ball, they have players in their face straight away and they can't measure that, that passing behind him. If you think back to the game where Liverpool lost away to Madrid in the COVID season and the first two goals that Madrid scored in that game, both of them were Tony Kroos picking up the ball, I don't know, 20 yards uh, from the halfway line in his own half and just popping passes in behind Alexander Arnold. Alexander Arnold got hammered for that. But that's that's always been his position. He needs other players to to press quickly when an opposition midfielder gets the ball and stop him playing those passes. And okay, there's a risk that maybe one in 50 times, one in 100 times, he can measure that pass. But you you, you accept that because of of the advantages you have with Alexander-Arnold getting forward and putting crosses in. At international level, there's no way England are going to be able to press as well as Liverpool at their best do. And we've seen even this season how... Ike has been exposed defensively because he's not the world's greatest defender, but he never has been. That's not a new thing. It's just that the, the press hasn't been working well enough to protect that. England's press cannot work that well because they just don't have the time to do it. And, you know, in another world where England don't have a, a fleet of very, very good right-backs, then, of course, he plays and you try and work out a compromise. But when you've got Kyle Walker, Kieran Trippier and Rhys James, there's just no need to do that. So... Is he a brilliant footballer? Yes. Is he, you know, in terms of technical ability, one of the best ten footballers in England? Probably, yeah. Is he a useful right back for England going at this World Cup? No, I don't think particularly is. And I, I felt Southgate probably made a mistake by taking him to the Euros. That it it just blocked up a spot in the squad with a player he probably wasn't going to use. Now you could argue, and I could see some sense in the argument that. If England are a goal behind 20 minutes to go and they desperately need a goal and you want to put on an attacking right-back who's going to deliver brilliant balls in the box, he's a useful asset to have off the bench. That that absolutely is an argument. Whether you can find a place in the squad for that, well, that's, that's a slightly different question. But I'd be amazed if he started a game at the World started a live game at the World Cup. I mean, potentially, if England win the first three group games, you could see him starting the third group game. But I'd, I'd, I'd be astonished to see him starting a
2: a live game at the World Cup uh, Briefly Jonathan like we were talking earlier about Stephen Kenny's Republic of Ireland um, job and how maybe he sometimes makes substitutions a bit late watching England last night it, it struck me and you mentioned the fact that you know they were already relegated from their League of Nations group it, probably a, an opportunity to use some some players in the last game that we know of before the World Cup starts for them in eight weeks time like, it struck me watching the subs bench last night and seeing Ivan Tony there Like Southgate already knows Harry Kane can and will score goals for England were you surprised that maybe someone like Tony... I, I'm almost thinking, why was he brought into the squad at all if he's not going to bring him on in, in a game against Germany that, that means nothing, essentially, at the end of the game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess his answer would be that he's seen him in training and he, you know, he's looked at what he can do. Um, I, I I would guess there probably was a plan to bring him on last night, Then the way the game went, that yeah, having been 0 down England, suddenly yeah, get back in with a chance of winning it. And you sort of think the morale boost had they clung on to a, to a 3-2 win, although they did exactly the same before year 2016 and that went disastrously badly wrong. So coming from two-nil down to beat Germany 3-2 just before a major tournament isn't necessarily a harbinger of good things. Uh, and, yeah, I suspect the game just sort of got away from him that, that um, he wanted to keep Kane on because he wanted to win the game. Oh. Um, that th- had it been you know, 2-0 or 0-0, then, then yeah, maybe he would have seen Tony. All right, Jonathan,
0: great stuff as ever. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Cheers, thank you.